Welcome back to another episode. I am Keeler Bryson, your host and founder of Teachable Life Moments. Well, today we have another great topic to discuss with you. Today we're going to be dealing with stress-free and happy at work. I have a question for you. Do you hate your job? And is your job the major source of your stress? Well, if it is, I am going to help walk you through that so that it doesn't suck the life out of you. At the end of this episode, my goal is to help provide you with tips that will give you life uh, so that you will not be stressed out and unhappy at work. Most people spend the majority of their life at work and then they retire around 67 and Believe it or not, most of that time uh, wasn't completely happy and it wasn't completely stress-free. Most people work on jobs for years and years and years, even though they hate it and they realize that it's making them sick. And most do this under the lies of society that basically try to get folks to believe that overworking is cool and being stressed out is a status symbol. Huh? I don't know how you feel about that, but (laughs) today we are going to debunk those myths. In today's economic upheavals, we see folks uh, being laid off. We see a lot of downsizing and mergers and bankruptcies. And as a result, these activities have cost hundreds of thousands of workers their jobs. And millions of more have had to shift to unfamiliar tasks within their companies, you know, and then they're wondering how much longer they will be employed because all of this can look very negative. Uh, And we know when there's mergers and downsizing, a lot of organizations at that time, they try to do um, more with less. And so the workloads of a lot of employees are increasing. And then adding to these pressures, Um, that workers face, you know, new bosses are coming in and then a lot of uh, employers are going into computer surveillance of production. And then we're seeing like fewer health and retirement benefits. And um, employees are feeling that they have to work longer and harder just to maintain the current economic status that they have. And workers at every level are experiencing increased tension, you know, and uncertainty, And as a result, a lot of folks are keeping their resumes updated because they have, you know, no confidence or very little confidence in their current employer. And so they don't know when they're going to have to try to, you know, bounce, so to speak, and find somewhere else to work. And we know that um, even though the experts continue to say that the job market and the economy is improving, the truth is, is that. Uh, a lot of jobs are still being lost. And as a result, people are still devastated. Um, And then it's putting the unemployed workers at risk for physical illness. You know, because if you've lost your job, it plays very, very uh, hard on your your mental stability. I mean, some folks are having experiencing anxiety, depression, and even suicide. Um, The loss of a job affects every part of life. I don't know if you've ever experienced being unemployed or job loss, or maybe, you know, of a family member that has experienced it, Um, you know, from the time you get up in the morning until the time you typically go to bed, people are stressed out about whether or not they're going to be able to find a new position. 
And whatever your cause of stress is, whether it's from unemployment or just working in the on a job that you're not happy with, a lot of times uh, one common thread among all of these scenarios is that most people have a feeling of powerlessness. You know, it's just a universal uh, emotion. You just feel like um, you are helpless, like you can't do anything to uh, alter your situation. And sometimes people feel like there's nothing they can do to avoid the situation and that nothing can be done to make them feel better. Um, job loss is one of the major stressors of folks. You know, people are in the workplace fearing that they're going to lose their job. Um, and job stress is costly. Whether we realize it or not, the job stress carries a price tag of an estimated $300 billion annually. That is a lot of money. Job stress, these dollars are can be divided into the following categories. When there is job stress, there's an increase in accidents, absenteeism, employee turnover, diminished productivity, direct medical, legal, and insurance costs, workers' compensation, judgments. All of these are a result of job stress. And when employers look at this data and the cause of, of uh, these different expenses is $300 billion, you would think that employers would do a better job creating an environment that's stress-free and creating programs to help employees to have a more positive experience while at work but um, that's not always the case. So when we look at stress, we cannot effectively and completely look at it with, without looking at the statistics. And I, I want to share some with you that I found like quite disturbing. This is a big, big problem. And it causes my heart to go out to people because you know, if you're going to a job that you are not happy to, that has to be one of the most miserable experiences to get up to every day. And I'm here to tell you, I know a number of people who are going to jobs that they hate. They are going to jobs that they are not happy with. They are going to jobs that cause their stomachs to churn in the mornings. And it's just an eight hour to 12 hour experience that they have to suffer through every day. Now, stress is a situation that most people may not realize because most of us, you know, have uh, figured out how to perfect an image of happiness in spite of dealing with this stress. Uh, many have perfected this image so well until you don't even realize folks are under stress until you find out that uh, you hear a story about someone who went on a job site and started shooting and killing co-workers or you hear stories of uh, someone you know or someone you don't know in the news that committed suicide. And a lot of times it's because of stress. People feel, you know, hopeless and they just feel like there is no um, resolution to their misery. But I was looking at some statistics and it says that 83% of U.S. workers are stressed. And that just blew me away because I'm like, that's almost the majority of the working force. 83%? 
And it caused me to wonder, okay, well, what are the 17% doing? What kind of jobs do they have? (laughs) But this is disturbing, you guys. 83% of U.S. workers are stressed. 43% of workers believe that employers do not care about their work-life balance. And we know that work-life balance is a joke. Why is work listed first? Shouldn't it be life-work balance? And that right there is a problem for me because at Teachable Life Moments, we are all about things that give life. I mean, there is, it's just ridiculous to live on this planet and feel like you are the walking dead. And so I want to change that. Let's just scratch this work-life balance situation and, and reword it to life-work balance. Um, but 43% of workers believe that their employers do not care about their life work balance. Does that resonate with you? Um, it also says around 70% of employees feel that they are overloaded with work. And this is one of the common complaints that I hear from friends and clients, um, that they feel they are overloaded. And it's probably true because a lot of employers are trying to reduce costs. Um, They are reducing the workforce. They're trying to do more with fewer people. And so employees are feeling overloaded. 14% of employees want to hit their colleagues. And um, some folks actually do end up hitting their colleagues and taking it even further where they come back and shoot up different colleagues in the in the workplace. Um, these numbers are very, very serious, and I feel like employers definitely should monitor these. If you have a strong HR department, they should be monitoring these numbers because they are telling a predictive story. Stress workers spend 46% more uh, on their health care. So that means that the stress, the workplace is causing employees to feel sick. And once you started started experiencing sickness and illness, that is a red flag that it's time to do something or else the job will kill you. There is a statistic that says that most heart attacks happen on Monday mornings between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. And it's because people do not want to go to these jobs that they hate. 60% of employees are guilty of presentism due to stress. You know, they're absent. They're not present. 60% don't come because they are stressed. They call in. They're not feeling well. They have to take a mental health day because they realize if they don't take that mental health day, someone in the office may get hurt. Uh, Employees are stressed because they have unclear expectations from supervisors. Oh my God, do you realize that supervisors is one of the number one causes of stress in the workplace? And some supervisors are like a virus. They are just spreading the contamination throughout all of their team members. Uh, American rated their average stress level at 4.9. 58% trust strangers rather than their boss. Golly. So you go to work every day with the same people every day 
40 plus hours a week and 58% still trust a stranger more than they do their boss. You would think after putting that many hours in every day, every week for years and years and years that you would have built some sort of rapport with your boss that you trust them. It's so sad to have to go to a workplace and you don't trust your boss and you work with them every day, most of your waking hours. 79% of people quit their jobs due to a lack of appreciation. Stress at the workplace is driven by politics, artificial intelligence, and pressure to master new skills. So these are the causes of some stress. The politics. Have you ever experienced the workplace politics? Oh my goodness, it is the worst. And then the pressure to master new skills. You know, you're expected to master a new skill that the organization doesn't offer or provide the resources for you to learn. That can be stressful because you're having to figure out how to get it done, even though ex the expectation is unrealistic because most organizations have some sort of professional development program. I think it's ridiculous to require employees to learn new skills that you are unwilling to sponsor and to provide the funding for. Nevertheless, this is a cause of stress. Workplace stress is interfering with folks' personal lives. Um, less than 40% of employees talk about their stress to their employer. And that's really sad that you cannot or you don't feel comfortable even talking to your employer about your stress. But there are reasons why. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, less than 40% of workers who stress becomes their work talk to their employer about it. So 40% don't even talk to them. It says 31% fear being declared weak. This is one of the reasons why they don't talk to their employer. 34% fear their boss would interpret unwillingness or a lack of interest to do the activity. 22% fear it would go in their files. Wow. 22% fear it could affect their promotion. And 20% fear not taken seriously or being laughed at because they went and shared with their employer that they feel stress. 76% of workers cite work and money, a major cause of their stress. And then an abundance of work stress has caused many to stay up late at night. So when you're stressed, you're not even getting enough sleep as a result of all of this stress. So what do we do? How do we get are happy back at work? How do we become stress-free? How do we manage the stress? Because in all truthfulness, stress is not going to go away. The way that the economy is, the way that the world is changing, the way that different industries are changing, stress is not going away. So we've got to become better at managing our own stress levels and protecting our happy are happy in our personal lives and certainly in the workplace. So here are some ways to, now I'm getting into the how to be stress-free and how to be happy at work. There is a gentleman by the name of Sean Anker. He is the author of the Happiness Advantage book. And he says that 75% of job success can be predicted not by how smart or talented you are, but by how happy you are. Did you hear that? It's not about how smart or talented you are. If 
you want to have job success, you've got to have your happiness component in there. He also says that when you're happy, your intelligence, creativity, productivity, and your salary rises and you live longer. So here is the key. Now, if you are not happy, what is the opposite of happy? That would be unhappy and stressed. So if you are unhappy at your job, that means that more than likely your intelligence, your creativity, your productivity, and your salary is not rising. It's probably decreasing because it's hard to think when you are stressed. It's hard to produce when you are stressed. And all of that, if you're not producing, if you're not creative on the job, coming up with new products and services and solutions, then more than likely you're not getting the promotion. And as a result, your salary is not increasing. So how can one trade the deadlyhood, their deadlyhood? Because I'm telling this is like the walking dead. How can you trade this deadlyhood into livelihood and raise your happiness throughout your workday? Don't we want to know that? No one should have to go to work miserable. I would like to propose a few suggestions to you and see how they work for you. Um, The first one is meditate. Sean Anchor suggests meditate. Now, meditating is so therapeutic. I do it every morning. I get up and I play my affirmations and I have my music, my common music playing. I meditate and I do it before bed. And then I let my affirmations play while I'm asleep. And it's because I feel that it helps. It keeps me calm. And a lot of people depend on me for calmness. And I have been deemed and tagged, you know, a person of calmness Folks have told me they love being in my presence because when they come around me, there's such an aura of calmness and peace. You know, uh, there are certain people, they tell me they have to talk to me every day, every morning and throughout the day because, you know, I have that aura of calmness and peace. And that is because I protect my calmness and I protect my peace. I nurture it. And um, because first of all, I know people are dependent on it for me to kind of irradiate that to give them peace and calm. But the way that I fill myself up with it is through meditation. Neurologists have found that monks who spend years meditating actually grow their left prefrontal cortex. And this is the part of the brain that is most responsible for feeling happy. Wow. I didn't realize meditation was that positive, but Hey, I have the evidence that it is uh, because I tend to be a happy person most of the time. It's very hard to take me into an unhappy state. Um, Studies show that in the minutes right after meditating, we experience feelings of calm and contentment as well as a heightened awareness and empathy. Um, And research even shows that regular meditation can permanently rewire the brain to raise levels of happiness, lower stress, and even improve immune functions. Golly, what a natural healing remedy meditation is. Meditation is better than taking medication, right? But we've got to set aside that time. For meditation, we've got to set aside time to take care of ourselves daily. 
Number two, he says, find something you look forward to. One study found that people who just thought about watching their favorite movie actually raised their endorphin levels by 27%. Anticipating future rewards can actually light up the pleasure centers in your brain as much as the actual reward will. So you could just be thinking about uh, a reward and it will light up your pleasure centers. You know, you can just think about it and it's almost like you actually receive that reward. Um, number three, he says, commit to conscious acts of kindness. Yes, this is one thing that I love to do. And so <laughs> I do it, you know, it'll hit me and I'll be like, I'll hit somebody up and say, okay, what's your cash app? Because I feel like being kind today. I feel like doing a random act of kindness. And this is why it says as long as there's a long line of empirical research, including one study of over 2,000 people, and it has shown that acts of altruism, which is giving to friends and strangers, decrease stress and strongly contribute to enhanced mental health. So pick one day a week and make a point of committing five acts of kindness and see how it shifts your happy level. Uh, number four, infuse positivity into your surroundings. Yes. One of my habits and practices is positivity in my surroundings. I love t-shirts with positive sayings. I love journals with positive sayings. I love positive quotes because I know the power of it. Our physical environment can have an enormous impact on our mindset and our sense of well-being you know, your environment, keep your office neat and tidy and insp inspirational, get you some inspirational plaques and pictures and desk signs and keep it neat and clean, your house neat and clean. All of that is a positive environment that will impact our mindset. And also, what are you listening to? What are you watching? Studies have shown that the less negative TV we watch, specifically violent media, the happier we are. And sometimes that's challenging because when I'm online uh, and, on, you know, some of the things that come through my timeline are, are just so troubling things in the news, things that are going on in Congress, things that all the, the police brutality and injustices among or towards certain minority groups, I tell you, I have to sometimes just get off because it's so disturbing. And I have to just go into my Zen den, so to speak, to try to recenter myself. But having a positive environment is very, very important to maintain a stress-free uh, individual and a happy individual. Next is exercise. Yes, I have been stressed before, but if I go to Zumba a mix or MixFit, I tell you, I feel so much better afterwards. And on the day that I found myself to be most stressful, I, that's when I would go in there and I mean, dance the hardest because it's like I am trying to beat that negativity and that stress off of me. But physical activity can boost your mood and enhance our work performance in a number of other ways as well by improving motivation and feelings of mastery, reducing stress and anxiety, and it can help us get into flow. 
you know, that feeling where you are engaged and you can feel your brain just snapping on all cylinders and, you know, your creativity is flowing and solutions are flowing. So exercise is definitely a good stress reliever and a happiness contributor. Next, spend money, but not on stuff. Because I know a lot of people like spending money. They like to go do that shopping therapy, so to speak. But in his book, Luxury Fever, Robert Frank explains that while the positive feelings we get from material objects are frustratingly fleeting, isn't that the truth? You can go buy something, you're happy for a few moments, and then that happy feeling is gone. Um, So... Robert is suggesting instead of spending money on things, he wants us to spend money on experiences, especially ones with people, you know, because it produces positive emotions that are both meaningful and more lasting. So when we spend money on people, this is called pro-social spending. And it has been known to boost happiness. You know, like if you go on a hiking trip with a friend or an excursion with a friend. The experience is something that you will remember. The experience is something that you will uh, always keep with you, whereas opposed to spending money on things, once you buy it, it's over. But when you have an experience with someone, you go somewhere to an expensive restaurant that you've never been to before. And, you know, that the person you take with you have never been there. Or if you take a trip to a certain city, those create memories and experiences and you don't forget them. So here's an exercise that he um, suggests. He says, draw two columns on a piece of paper. Take 10 minutes at work to create a nifty spreadsheet. You can do that, put it on paper or create a spreadsheet and track your purchases over the next month. Are you spending more on things or experiences? At the end of the month, look back over each column and think about the pleasure each purchase brought you and for how long. And you should find that well, I'm not going to tell you what you should find. You can, you can, you know, follow up and write back and tell me what you found. <laughs> okay. And then number seven, exercise a signature strength. And you're talking about Keela. What is a signature strength? So this is each time we use a skill, whatever it is, we experience a burst of positivity. If you find yourself in need of a happiness booster, revisit a talent you haven't used in a while. Like, playing like me when I was in um, junior high school, I played the snare drum. So for me to pull out a snare drum and just start playing some snare drum uh, music or, or what have you, that right there would be a happiness booster because it's forcing me to quickly recall what I have learned in the past, way back all those many years ago uh, in junior high school so that I could play the sheet music that I that I have before me. So this is what uh, an example of what a signature strength is. It's taking a skill that you once had and you basically reactivate that skill. Even more fulfilling than using a skill though is exercising a strength of character. Oh my goodness, this is so good. A trait that is deeply embedded in who we are. When was the last time um, you exercise your strength of character. 
you know, the character of peace, maybe when, when the person deserved the opposite of peace, um, the character of maintaining your composure to, uh, not give folks a piece of your mind, so to speak, even though they deserve it, you know, you want to tell them off, correct them, do a corrective action on them, (laughs) but you took the higher road. That is definitely exercising some strength in who you are. Studies have shown that the more you use your signature strengths in daily life, the happier you become because you take control of your life. You are mastering life instead of letting life master you. And as I said, this podcast and Teachable Life Moments, we are all about all things that bring life. Anything that's sucking life, anything that's creating death, We are going to kill it. We are going to destroy it because too many people are being succumbed to death. They're letting the death thing take over their lives, their joy, their happiness, their peace. And they are stressed out, unhappy. And that's not what we're about. So I hope you enjoyed this segment on how to be stress-free and happy at work. And, um, I certainly would love for you to share your feedback and how this segment helped you, how this episode basically helped you to rethink your happiness and your stress levels. Okay. This is Keeler Bryson and you have been listening to teachable life moments with the Keeler Bryson podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't already done so, go to uh, Apple Podcasts and rate and review this podcast. Join me for the next episode of Teachable Life Moments. And thank you for listening.